The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. In order to thrive in today's competitive business market, you need to constantly adapt to change. In other words, reinvent yourself and your company. Welcome to Business Reinvention with host Nancy Lynn. This hour will have you listening to and thinking like the successful business leaders of today. Now, here is your host, Nancy Lynn. Welcome to Business Reinvention Show, where we bring you thought-provoking ideas from different industries so that you can connect the dots and stay innovative and competitive. Well, thanks for tuning in, and let me start by sharing with you a couple of reports on advertising trends. In the first half of this year, it looks like um, the digital ad spending grew again by another 18%, outpacing the total media market, which grew only 3%. I have to say that marketing has changed so much in just the last few years, um, and that means steep learning curves for many marketers. Only 48% of marketers feel highly proficient in digital marketing, and only 40% are confident about the effectiveness of their marketing campaigns. And this comes at a time when there is increasing pressure for marketers to have better visibility and accountability for return on their investment. And talking about managing ROI, um, it can be challenging if you're looking at uh, display ads, which are considered a combination of art and science. They account for over 30% of online um, media revenues, surprisingly. Uh, But there's not as much insight on what works and what doesn't work uh, compared to search marketing. So many companies are turning to automated ad buying systems to improve efficiency. But now, there is a company which thinks that there is a more innovative way to solve marketers' problem. The company Sticky leverages eye-tracking technology to help you optimize your online advertising campaigns. I think it's a very intriguing idea. Um, So let's go ahead and get some more insights from CEO Sticky, Jeff Bender, who's here with us today. Hi, Jeff. Welcome to the show. Hi, Nancy. Thanks for having me. How are you today? Fantastic. Really, really good. Well, we know that um, over 5 trillion impressions were served in the U.S. last year. But do we know how many of them were actually viewed by consumers? Uh, it's, it's great that you say that because it's a big challenge right now. Typically, the average uh, consumer online sees about 1,700 ads a month. Wow. And when I say sees, they're exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, now, the challenge is out of those 1,700, only about 46% of them even have an opportunity to be seen, let alone uh, be seen. So 46% are what are called viewable, which basically means, according to the IAB, uh, that the 50% of the ad is in screen for one second. That's considered a viewable ad. So that means 54% have no chance to be seen, whether the person doesn't scroll, whether it's fraud, 
uh, or whether it's um, a breakdown in uh, the ad being served. So you have 46% that have the potential, and then out of those 46%, only half of those are actually seen. Uh, so you have a tremendous waste of money being spent on ads that no one ever sees. Huh. Not a very pretty picture at all. <laughs> uh, so how does eye-tracking research technology work, and how does it help marketers address that problem? Sure. Uh, eye-tracking actually has been around a long time. Um, it, historically, it's been uh, expensive equipment. Uh, one of the gold standards in eye-tracking is a company out of Sweden called Tobi, T-O-B-I-I, who invented eye-tracking for paralyzed people to talk with their eyes. And then uh, market research companies started buying their hardware, and they realized in 2009 that to scale and to make it affordable, uh, they were going to help. They funded our company to launch eye-tracking through webcams. And this is a huge, huge shift in how everything's done online now because now uh, doing it through a webcam, we can now tell if people see ads, or don't see them, and we can also tell how long they look at them. And it's done on an opt-in basis, so it's not the uh, NSA, no spying. Uh, people opt in for it. But now brand advertisers who spend millions online uh, on a CPM basis, basically ads being served, can now know not only, and, and, and viewability is good, is it in screen, but now they can go even higher. And uh, Our clients cause viewability on steroids because instead of, Instead of just being in screen, we can tell if it's seen and for how long. So it, it, it enables brands, first of all, to optimize their campaigns so that they can literally uh, increase the number of ads that are seen and the time looking at their brand. It helps publishers, who are good publishers, understand their value of their good real estate. Um, and it's, it's a very powerful tool for publishers. We've had publishers increase their CPMs and increase ad buys with brands by proving that people are seeing their ads. And then from the agency side, it actually gives agencies the ability um, to negotiate with the publishers who are not delivering. So it's really a huge shift. We really think it's going to change the whole way online is bought and sold and negotiated because it's, 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 a, it's a transparent way. Instead of just buying impressions, you can now buy based on scene. Hmm. Well, it sounds like a no-brainer now um, that you explain it uh, to use eye-tracking technology to do this, but um, it's interesting that nobody has thought about this, um, even though the technology has been around for a while. Um, and you touch on a lot of good points, um, so let's kind of drill it down a little bit. Uh, and my first question is, um, why is this a step up for marketing um, um compared to what they had before. Um, traditionally, market research asked for ad recalls. And isn't that better measurement? Because you could have seen the ad, but what's the point if you don't remember it? Well, it's sort of like what came first, the chicken or the egg? Because um, <laughs> if they don't see it, there's nothing to remember. Mm-hmm. Um, and what we also do, we do follow up with a brand lift question and a purchase intent question. So we not only get the eye tracking data, we also get the articulated response that you're referring to. Got it. Um, so there's this general belief that it's better to be above the fold. And is that kind of consistent with uh, what you found using the tracking technology? Yeah, it, it's pretty. The, the 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 percentage of ads seen below the fold drops dramatically. Now, there are, depending on the content, someone's reading an article, it doesn't mean that nothing's seen under the fold, but you're going to do much better with ads above the fold than below the fold. And they're also based on um, how our eyes work 
positioning is a factor also. So how do our eyes work? Well, um, basically, if we start with the brain, uh, the way our brain works, the right side of the brain of all normal brains processes images, and the left side processes text and numbers. And our brains work in an inverse relationship. So ideally, when you put an image on the left side of a page or the image on the left side of an ad and the text on the right side, the brain does not have to work as hard as if you did it the other way. It would literally have to flip it in your brain. We've done thousands of ads where we've done them both ways, and it's very huge, the difference in... I'll give you one example um, that I think really paints a good picture. Um, Cadbury, actually, uh, was advertising on an e-commerce site overseas, and they always had four different positions on the, on the page to buy. Uh, top left, middle uh, right, and then two smaller units in the middle left. And the top left was seen by 95% of the people for three seconds. The same ad moved over to the middle center. Only 9% saw it, and they looked at it for a half a second. Uh, the other two were in the 25% and 17%. So position, uh, and again, uh, the, the variables are the position, the um, creative, and the content of the page. But in this, it was the exact same content and basically the same creative. So um, it's ideal to have your images on the left, and your text on the right. And this isn't just for the web. This is for all your communication. Mm, that's a very good tip. Um, are there other common beliefs that your research helped demystify? There's actually, we have about 60 best practices. Um, I'll share a <laughs> few with you. That will be great. Um, another one is that um, ideally uh, we have, as humans, we have a, what's called an avoidance response. And again, this is in the brain. It's a millisecond of anything pointy. Sharp objects, we have, a, we have a, a millisecond of a back away. So when you have a lot of sharp edges on your web page, on your web ad, on your business card, on anything, um, there, is, there is a millisecond of avoidance response. And I think one great example is if you look at Apple, you will only see curved edges on everything they do, from their plugs to their battery, to literally everything is curved. And that is a warmer, brings people in. And um, we have done actually uh, testing where we actually have done ads both online and actually in store. Um, there's a very interesting study where we did the ad, tested online, and they ran it in store. And the company only made that one switch. They had it in the store wrong. We switched it around. We did it in three different um, markets. It was actually in a grocery store. It had to do with chips. And they had a 3% increase in sales when they just moved those around. That's awesome. Um, give us one or two more. Okay, I'll give you one that's, uh, if you want to get attention, because, um, you know, when everyone's, there's so many, you know, one thing about the Internet, it has almost an unlimited inventory, and especially when you start going to mobile. Um, there's a massive amount of, of inventory, and everyone is trying to get someone's attention. They're fighting for attention. And one of the great ways to get attention is using faces. And when you're using faces, um, the best way to get someone to spend more time looking at the face is to have a face with an ambiguous expression versus a happy or sad. And the reason, again, is when we look at a face, you know, the way the brain works, it's scouring, looking at everything. When it sees a happy face, it goes into its cupboard of memory. It categorizes that as a happy face and moves on to something else. Same with sad. But when there's an ambiguous face, 
it, actually the brain is spending more time going through its Rolodex and, and its cupboard of memory to identify, um, and they, that you will spend more time looking at an ambiguous face than you will at the others. And I think that's one of the reasons why the Mona Lisa, everyone's trying to figure out what her expression is. Ah, that's a great example, a great analogy. Huh? It's very counterintuitive, actually. It is. A, a lot of things are. It's, uh, you know, we're, we're living this information age where we're being overloaded. Um, as, as I said, the average person is, is exposed to 1,700 ads. That's just online. And it's accelerating. Now that more people are on their mobiles and their tablets, uh, we're really getting bombarded. So it's, and that's why the, the sticky solution with the eye tracking, we believe not only will it help the good publishers, the brands optimize, but the consumer, we believe in the long run, will be exposed to less ads, which I think most people will be really happy about. Hmm. That's very interesting. And um, are you implying that the ads be more expensive, but there will, the quantity will drop? Is that kind of what you're saying? Yeah, I think well, it'll go to quality instead of massive. You know, there's many ad networks that are selling ads that no one even knows where they are and have no idea if they're ever seen. They're very cheap. But if you spend uh, 50 cents on an ad that no one sees, it's not cheap. <laughs> That's such a good point. Um, so... We talked about, you know, tracking whether or not something is seen, you know, if the ad is seen. And then, but, but still, we don't know if they took interest and you measure the time they spent. Um, I guess that's one of the way to address that. Um, do you also track all the way to um, whether or not they took action or um, did you address these areas kind of like all through the entire funnel? We, we actually are working uh, in negotiation with a few different companies to um, integrate our eye tracking for attention and time spent into going deeper uh, all the way down to the sale of a product. Um, and that's, it's still at the beginning stages, but we'll, we'll get there. I mean, the change is happening very fast. And uh, any companies that are listening, you really have to embrace change um, and really, really get outside the comfort zone of doing things the same way because the, 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 the marketplace, the consumer, is not going to let you um, be successful if we don't change. That's so true, um, and lots of fascinating insight. Um, but let's talk some more after a quick break. Um, and I want to re- remind the audience that some of the podcasts from this program are now available for sale, and your contribution will help support the continuing production of insightful discussions like the one we're having today. So go to bizreinvention.com to find out more information. We'll continue with the conversation after these messages. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. Social media is growing at an astounding rate. In just virtually five short years, we have seen YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter take the world by storm. How do you effectively make social media work for you? 
Tune in to The Social Universe with host Kurt Wilhelm. We'll show you how to market your business or yourself to get ahead, especially in unstable economic times. We'll also discuss practices that you can apply to increase visibility and revenue as you unlock the mysteries of the social universe. The Social Universe is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now, toll free, 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. To join in on this week's discussion, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Business Reinvention. Well, we're talking about eye-tracking technology to help you optimize your online advertising campaigns. Um, Jeff, so I have so many questions about your new technology. It really sounds very interesting. Um, when it comes to the success of an ad, there's so many elements in play. Um, there are the creative, the position of placement, um, the quality of the publisher, and the targeting strategies. I mean, are there ways for advertisers to isolate these variables when using your platform? You're 100% right. All those are factors. And uh, one of the solutions that we are uh, going to be coming out with very soon, we're tracking the top 100 sites. Um, in the U.S. and actually in the U.K. And what, we're do, what we will have is an index of the top uh, ad positions that are the high CPM positions. And what that's going to help uh, brands and, and advertisers, uh, ad agencies um, know is, for example, uh, you, you take a, like a weather.com uh, website and they have certain ad units that are their high branding CPM uh, placements. They're going to have an index, just like the top, you know, the top hundred sites will, of all these different ad units. So now, when you are a agency or a brand, and this is good for both, when you you have, uh, let's say hypothetically, the index is a seventy, and your ad in that same position comes back as a ninety, well, from an advertiser agency point of view, you should be pretty happy that your creative is doing above the norm. Now, if it comes back fifty then most likely the brand is going to be looking for a new creative agency. So you're going to be able to really understand how well your creative is working, and each position will also have a norm. So we're going to really be able to solve placement and creative, and as far as the publisher, they will all be ranked based on how well they score as far as scene and time scene. So it's it's pretty exciting. It's going to really, again, make a big change to help um, brands buy efficiently. Agencies help their brands. And again, I stress it's still good publishers are going to win because we've, we've had publishers already been able to raise CPMs based on the, using our technology. Hmm, very interesting. And it sounds like the insights that marketers have been waiting for <laughs> for years. Um, and so tell us a little bit more about what else you track in your report. Um, I, I noticed this um, I guess this measurement called impact, what is it? Is that different from how we usually uh, track our display ads? Yeah, Im- impact is really the time spent looking at the ad. And um, I'll give you a good example. Actually, uh, there was an article came out on ClickZ today. We, we had done a study 
Uh, it was on five different publishers. And these were all uh, what are called viewable ads. They were all in-screen, 100%, the same ad units. And so they were 100% viewable, but when we did the um, sticky uh, technology report, uh, they ranged, I'll give you an example. For example, um, Washington Post, their two ads were seen by 40 and 50%, uh, 51% and 40%. And uh, basically, um, uh, uh, the site in, in, in style, the only way I can say this because it is public, uh, their same ads were seen by 10% and 19%. So again, 100% viewable. Um, so again, when a, a brand sees this, they can really make adjustments to optimizing, and uh, again, it, from an agency point of view, it gives an agency the ability to discuss with a publisher based on facts. And again, I, as I stress, the good publishers are going to see higher CPMs, and the, we have some publishers who are using us so that they can make changes to their site and changes where their ads are so that they can score better and have their ads seen by more. Hmm. Yeah, I wonder if some publishers will feel really threatened by these data um, because, for example, the the two comparisons that you just gave us, um, it could have to do with um, just the nature of their target audience, right? So, yeah, as you mentioned at the beginning, the factors, the creators, you know, when you have the same creative, there really is, you know, that's not a factor, and positioning is a factor, and also you're right, the target audience is also. There's no, there's no question, um, and, and all those things have to be taken in consideration. But the fact that you can have these these stats now is you can make better decisions on what's working for you. Mm. So tell us a little bit more about the impact on publishers. You kind of touched on that very briefly, and I wonder what are some of the steps that publishers have taken and and really leverage this information. Yeah, good. The, the, the we have publishers that are tagging. Um, they're actually testing their main ads, and they're actually, what they're also doing is they want to know how they score versus competitors. So they literally will test ads that are on their site and competitive sites. And when they come back and get data where they're actually, a higher percentage of people are seeing their ads on their site and they're spending more time, the impact is stronger, they, they are able to go to the brand and get a bigger piece of the ad buy. And that, uh, when that's, a, that's a really powerful way for brands to increase their, their market share and their revenue. Mm. And, and another thing they're doing, which is quite interesting, is they are looking for advertisers that are on competitive sites and not theirs. And this is something very, actually, a, a, a publisher gave us this idea. We did not come up with it, but it's brilliant. Um, and because we have an NDA, I can't mention the name, but they... Um, they found uh, advertisers on their competitive sites that they would like to have. So we tested the ads on the competitive sites, and we mocked up a page with that ad on their site, and then we tested it. And when it came back better for them, they actually went to the brand and convinced them to advertise with them, so they were able to get new advertisers. Wow, what a great example. Wow, that's very encouraging. Um, so we also talked a little bit about what this means for advertisers on the other hand, right, besides better insight. Um, so because this could potentially lead publishers to change their pricing strategy, which we kind of talked about. Um, do you also foresee the potential of changing revenue models from cost per thousand impressions to something different? You know, Bill, I, I think that's going to be on a... Um, for branding, 
it's very hard because, you know, for example, Coca-Cola. I don't know yet of anyone who buys a Coke online. They're not clicking on an ad to buy something. So for, for, for direct response, um, click-through rates and sales are very, very good to measure because you're trying to sell something. But when it comes to branding, for example, like a Mercedes, I don't know of anyone who's clicking on the ad to buy one. Now, that, that may change, and I think eventually it will. I really do um, as the technology gets better. Uh, but as of right now, for branding, you know, uh, I talk with a lot of brands who really just want to get their name out so they can be top of mind. So um, it, it, they, I think what's going to happen is instead of doing a CPM, a cost per thousand, they might go to cost to be seen. And, and to give you an example, um, if let's say hypothetically an uh, advertiser is running on two sites and one particular site, uh, the same ad, same placement, and um, they're in the same placement, same ad, and the same basic site as far as Nielsen Comp Score says the demographics are. And one particular uh, ad is seen by 50% of the people, and let's just say it's a $10 CPM. Well, and they look at it for a half a second. Well, they're really, instead of $10 and only 50% see it, they're really paying 20 to be seen. And then you have uh, the same ad on a similar site where uh, they're paying $10, but 88% see it for two seconds. So now the, 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 um, the publisher who's only uh, having 50% seen for half a second, they're going to have to reevaluate their, 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 their cost structure. Um, because either that or the, the brand and the agency will move the dollars somewhere else. So you're, you're going to have the strong publishers win and get higher CPMs and some of the weaker ones not. And the reality is, I mean, in anything we buy, we like to get what we buy. And, um, you know, no one to think of uh, you know, buying a car and having no tires and expect to pay, pay full price. <laughs> That's right. Um, so just more changes for publishers. Um, I could see that. Um, so does this also work for um, media ads as well? You're talking about for video? Yeah, like ad tracking technology. Um, are you using that um, on video ads as well? Yes. And, uh, and with video, what we show on videos, when, for example, typically the video is a pre-roll. On, on a web page, some of them are full page um, videos, but on, on the pre roll it 's quite interesting because we t- what we tell um, what we will tell it 's actually a moving heat map, so you can actually see what people are looking at and what per- we tell you what percentage of people are looking at the video and what percent are looking at something else on the site, which you know when you 're paying for a video, you want to make sure they see it and, and typically many um, companies now that measure video they basically just measure if it ran. But just because a video ran doesn't mean anyone looked at it. Um, and that, not only that, a video, there are videos, and I go on sites that have videos, and you could look at a video and leave the room, and there could be 10 more videos running. And if no one looks at it, it's really worthless. So, exactly. So being able to know, is it seen, what percentage of people are looking at your video, and then typically what we'll do is pick out two, top, two segments of the video where the brand is either being used or shown, and we will tell the client what percentage of the people are actually looking at the brand. So what have we learned about what works and what doesn't work um, when it comes to video ads? It, it really, uh, when it comes to video ads, um, it, it really depends on, you know, for, there's difference whether it's sports, whether it's pharma, whether it's auto. Um, in fact, we did a... Um, 
a presentation at CTAM, the uh, cable TV, for a, a General Motors and a Lipton uh, ad. And the, the General Motors ad actually, it's a really good ad. It really, really is a nice ad. But there are segments of the ad where there's a, the, the two people in the ad are kissing and no one's looking at the car. So, um, <laughs> so what I tracking uh, by being able to do it from the webcam, and, and this is something I really, if I can, just point out. The advantage of doing it from the webcam is means you can test anywhere in the world. Um, mm-hmm. We've tested in 27 countries, and it allows companies now, instead of traveling to those countries and setting up webcam hardware and paying for planes and travel and renting rooms, they can now do it quickly um, without a much, much uh, lower expense and get the results much faster. So um, it, it is the, the video really depends on a lot of factors, but when you don't do the, the online eye tracking, you're really guessing. Uh, you have, there's no way to know if someone's looking at the brand by asking them. And, and that brings up one other point I think good to point out is we have what's called the CSA gap. And the CSA gap, uh, when you're doing biometric eye tracking off the webcam, what they see is, is a biometric fact. It's not an opinion. And when you ask a question, a person's biography comes into play. Um, they're, how they're raised, their school, their family. Um, all these factors affect how someone answers an ad, even what happened to them today. So what we look for when we do the eye tracking and then follow up with the questions, um, we look for when we see that a person answers a question, and it matches what they're looking at, we know that they connected. But we, I'll tell you a good, a, a good example where we did a study, and um, we, 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 we know that uh, I think it was 90% of the people actually saw the ad, and when we asked to recall it, 85% said they did, which is quite good. Then there was another um, ad where only 20% saw it, but 40% said they did, which is impossible. And, and that's... so. Basically, either the people just answered the questions without thinking or they didn't know and they just guessed. But there's, a, there's, a, there's a, a disconnect with what people say sometimes with what they actually see. Very interesting point. Well, you're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lin. For more information about business innovation, follow me on Twitter at BizReinvention or go to BizReinvention.com. We'll be back in two minutes. We're always talking business. Talk to an expert. Call now. Toll free. 866-472-5790. That's 866-472-5790. Voice America Business Network. In today's marketplace, your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level. At Change Agent SF, we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business. Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. Want to be empowered to take your leadership skills to the next level in your business? Tune into A Sharp Outlook, Best Practices for Success, with host Angela Sharp, using industry-specific materials, toolkits, and expert guests from all facets of business. Our program will empower you to develop a strong core in your business leadership, infrastructure, growth, and technology. A Sharp Outlook. 
airs live every Thursday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Are the challenges of economic uncertainty and the pressures of global competition wreaking havoc on your company's strategy? To succeed in today's fast-paced, high-tech business landscape, companies must continually adapt while driving innovation and exploiting new opportunities. Listen for Quantum Business Insights with host Olivia Parr-Rudd. Our guests will include thought leaders from around the world discussing and exploring the concepts that will move companies forward in these uncertain times. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific, on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. To join in on this week's discussion, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Business Reinvention. What you talked about um, tracking on video ads, um, there are a lot of very fascinating learning. Um, sometimes people don't always uh, know themselves as well. They do. Um, and it's always uh, very interesting, too, for a um, marketer to distinguish the ads um, and determine whether or not their ads are just likable or they're impactful, right? Um, whether or not people just remember the ad or do they remember the brand. And it sounds like your technologies really help to tackle um, that particular challenge that's been around for a very long time. Um, so what about mobile app, which is really hot and very new right now? And I know the spending jumped 145% in just the first half of this year. And they now account for something like 15% of overall um, advertising revenues. Um, do you apply this technology to measure mobile ads as well? Uh, right now we're doing tablets, and in Q1 of 2014 we will come out with the the doing it on the phone. And, and uh, obviously the reason the phone's growing is because people don't walk around with uh, laptops. They walk around with either phones or tablets. And so the, the, if you look at the sales also of PCs versus tablets and phones, um, there's just a lot more of them. I live in New York, and uh, you can't walk down the street without almost bumping into lots of people who are just walking with their phones on the subways, the same thing. So... Uh, one thing about the phone that's, that's interesting because it's still being, people are still trying to figure it out from an ad point of view because you have a much smaller screen and typically right now there's, typically you see three basic ad units on a phone at the top, at the bottom, and a, and a full page that takes over. Um, and there's real mixed views right now on uh, consumers' uh, um, acceptance and likability too because um, I've heard so many things about people when they get a full page or video that comes up and they're waiting till the X comes because they cross it out. So there's still a lot of learnings to be on, 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 the, web, on uh, the phone. And I think um, we're going to see new ad units that haven't been invented yet. And um, I think we're also going to see new phones. I, I think we're going to see t- technology is moving very fast. Um, we're, we're, we're seeing, like, um, for example, uh, you know, I go to Yankee Stadium, and you can literally sit at your seat, and instead of waiting in line, uh, have the, the, the code sitting on the seat in front of you, take your phone, scan it, and order 
your 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 soda, your hot dogs, and your fries, and they'll give you a number, and you can go up and pick it up, depending on where you're sitting. Um, so the, the way we buy things is going to change dramatically, and how we use our phones and our tablets and our computers, um, and and eye tracking is going to be a big part because when all is said and done. You want to make sure when you spend your money that people see it. Um, yeah, and going back to your comment about you know increasing um, new venues um, for advertising, um, I, it also makes me think that you'll plan to partner with new technology to track um, the actual sales results. Um, it's also very timely, um, you know, especially for the example that you just mentioned. Um, you know, for someone looking at advertising and actually taking action right there on the spot. Um, yeah, we're also going to see, I think, a lot of consumer integration into sports. I think education is going to change. I really think down the road, it may sound crazy, that people are going to be, let's say, at a baseball game, and they're going to use their phones to vote on who the pinch hitter is going to be. Um, uh, they're going to be involved in the game because it's going to help drive revenue. And mm. when all is said and done, that is why they're doing what they do. Uh, it's, we're going to see some very, very interesting integration between the, the consumer and the products. And you mentioned tablets a few minutes ago. Um, did you say that's something you're already doing? And if, if so, what are some of the differences that you see in terms of ads on tablets as opposed to online? Yeah, you know, we, we, do, we do the tablet with the, uh, the eye tracking and the optimization. And what we, it's interesting because a, a tablet obviously is bigger than the phone, smaller, uh, than, than the, uh, although some phones are getting pretty big. Uh, but what we're seeing, a lot of our clients want to test. Initially, when the tablet came out, they ran the same ads on, the phone, on their PC, on their, on their laptop or computer as the tablet. Well, they're learning that that's not the best thing to do. And um, so now companies are starting to test different creatives on the tablet and on the web, and testing to see which one's working better. Most of the clients we work with are advertising on all screens. Uh, they're, they're doing mobile, they're doing tablet, and um, we, do, we also do, um, as far as copy testing, a, a client will uh, create three different ads, and we'll, with our eye tracking, we test targeting to who their consumers are. Uh, they can see on the ad what's seen, not seen, how long it's seen, what order it's seen, and it helps them pick the right ad to run. Um, so, and that's, and they'll, what they're learning is that you can't run the same ad on a tablet and on a computer. Uh, it, it is different. It's a different. Um, a yeah, different. and I'm not surprised to hear that. So what, uh, what are the different success drivers for tablets, let's put it that way? Uh, one of the things, it must be a lot simpler because you are dealing with a smaller, um, smaller screen. Um, they, well, busy ads all, all over don't work well, but the smaller the screen is, the less busy you want to be. Um, and a few of the things that you want to make sure you don't do, you don't want to use a lot of different fonts. Um, and uh, what we're seeing, too, is that keeping, if you get more than three or four groups of images on the screen, um, the attention and paying attention to the brand goes down dramatically. Um, so it, you, you, because you have a smaller screen, you, you don't want to have, and again, I think the biggest thing is keeping it not busy. 
Simplify, simplify, simplify. Sounds like the message. Um, And and one of the growing concerns for advertisers is that consumers are multitasking with different devices while watching TV. And on the other hand, uh, adoption rate of smart TV is increasing, and so people can connect TV with Internet too. So I'm just curious, do you have any plan down the road to use this technology to track effectiveness of TV commercials at some point? Well, I, I believe that uh, it's in the works. Um, there's a lot of negotiation going on with uh, different manufacturers of TVs. And I think what we're going to see in the future is not only will you have the eye tracking, because uh, you know, when, when Nielsen does the, the TV ratings, they have boxes. I think it's 25,000 boxes throughout the country. And you know, one of the challenges that some people say is just because the TV's on doesn't mean anyone's there. And with, with the eye-tracking technology, not only will you be able to tell someone's watching, but you literally, with the technology today, can tell, let's say you have a husband, a wife, and three kids, you will know which one is watching. And that's really important when you're trying to target your ads to the right group. That really sounds like a marketer's dream, you know? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> going to happen. It's, gonna, it's, it's, it's not that far away, actually. Um, so the other thing we're seeing is that more um, native ads or in-stream ads um, or even content marketing. Um, can eye-tracking technology help in these cases too? It's interesting you say that because I'm not sure the exact number four or five of native ads and uh, new ad units. They come to us to do testing to see how their ads perform um, over uh, traditional ad units. And in fact... Um, you know, uh, we just did one recently where, again, as I mentioned, um, 46% of all ads have no potential to be seen. And of those 46, only 49 are seen. So basically about 23% on average of, of display ads are seen. And this was a, a native ad, a company that does native ads, and um, theirs were 60%. So it was, a, it was a really great study for them to be able They use this when they go out to show potential um, brands and, and advertisers that they're basically doing, they're able to deliver more than twice the amount of people to watch their ads. And we're seeing that a lot with uh, new ad units. And I think we're going to continue to see new ad units, whether it's um, uh, uh, ads that are integrated into content. I think we're going to see more and more of that. So what you're saying is that native ads actually work better than... Well, uh, uh, again... Content is a factor, and uh, there's, there are different uh, styles of native ads. Uh, the ones that we've tested have worked better. Mm. So then this, does this mean that some of your users, or I should say clients, are um, not limited to just B2C uh, brands? Um, can B2B marketers also use your technology to track some of their marketing uh, materials? Yes, and, and, and we do a lot of B&B. And again, what I, when we talk about online eye tracking, um, the fact that you can do it anywhere in the world and do it on the web, uh, I'll give you an example. When we started out, we um, were doing web pages, web ads. Uh, we have clients that test print ads. Uh, we actually have clients that test um, pictures and videos of billboards, um, the creative uh, we've tested uh, PowerPoint presentations for clients um, because when it comes down to it, anything you communicate with, the first thing you must do is get people's attention. 
and if they don't see it, there's no attention. So any kind of communication, we've done email campaigns where people have had five or six variations of email campaigns and they tested to see which campaign is going to be seen the most and the longest. Um, so what's your pricing structure or what's your revenue model? Um, for our sticky solution, which is the optimization of the branding, our model is pretty simple. It's based on how many placements we, we, uh, we, we track. Uh, typically, we're doing branding campaigns anywhere from three to five months. And when people usually start, they'll take 10 to 20 ad units. And uh, on a 20 ad unit, um, 20 different placements, we charge $12,000 per month. And the optimization is averaged between 25 and 65%, sometimes even higher, which makes the cost pretty much nothing. Excellent. Well, let's talk some more after a quick break. Um, I want to, again, remind the audience that there are some podcasts from the program that are available for sale, and your contribution will help support the continuing production of um, programs like what we have today. So go to bizreinvention.com for more information. We'll be back in two minutes. business community's first choice in internet talk radio voice america business network in today's marketplace your ability to open up the way you think and adapt to change allows your business to stay ahead of curve and perform at a higher level at change agent sf we can provide you with the tools and coaching to become an effective leader to grow your business Contact us today at 415-322-9073 or email Nancy Lynn at info at changeagentsf.com for more information. Transform your leadership and business with Change Agent SF. Did you ever stop to think that financial health can be a lot like physical health? The financial physician, Luce Katigna, has helped people on the radio for nearly 15 years. And now he's part of the Voice America Business Channel. By using medical analogies to discuss financial solutions, Lou actually makes the process easier to understand and will help you chart your own financial fitness. Tune in to The Financial Physician, live every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time, and on demand anytime on the Voice America Business Channel. Does your business, like many, face obstacles to becoming successful? Would you love to have an open forum of entrepreneurial ideas and best practices brought to you each week? Tune in for The Second Stage with hosts Brendan Anderson and Jeffrey Cadlick. We'll spotlight entrepreneurs and growing companies that are creating a vibrant economic base, as well as addressing some of the obstacles that could be standing in the way of your success. Listen Mondays at 5 p.m. Eastern Time, 2 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Business Channel. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. To join in on this week's discussion, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. Now, back to Business Reinvention. Um, 
Um, so a big trend we're seeing right now is increasing use of automated ad buying system. Um, how does your system work with that platform? Do they incorporate um, or integrate really well? Or are um, brand managers pretty open to use both platforms at the same time? Yes, and, and for the RTB, the, the real-time bidding, um, it is a really cost-effective approach to, per, to hit a target audience. Um, it's real-time. It's transparent. So it, it is a very exciting move, and also it has grown dramatically. I think uh, last year was up almost 74%. Uh, about $3.3 billion, uh, was done this year so far. And, um, again, what this enables you to do is understand your target, uh, do it in real time, but uh, the reason we are a piece of that and why it's important is because um, just because you bought something that went to your target doesn't mean they saw it. Um, it's, it's the same with whether you're doing it directly um, uh, because, again, viewability gives guidance as far as the potential to be seen. Is it in screen? But when it comes to actually being seen, um, our technology is really the only one that can tell you that. And so combining the sticky technology on scene, the matrix, uh, added to the RTB is extremely uh, powerful. Um, it's good. And, and I think uh, the technology to integrate with all the RTBs, it's going to be six months to eight months to a year, but eventually we'll be there. And um, I think, again, the brands will win. It, it, uh, every, it's going to make it more transparent, which is right now what's interesting, 94% of all branding dollars spent is offline. Only 6% is online. Uh, direct response uh, is about 33% online. Uh, and the big reason is, one, difficult for brands to measure ROI, hit their target market, and with the sticky uh, technology, you can now hit your target market, know if they saw it, and we really believe literally billions are going to, of this 94% offline, even if 20% comes in the next uh, few years, we're talking, uh, uh, you know, 20, uh, over $20 billion moving online. And we're going to see more and more moving online, especially with the combination of RTB and Sticky. Yeah, I think your technology is really giving brand managers a confidence um, how to make digital marketing work. And that means, you know, more assurance and more willingness to invest um, online. Um, so I could definitely see that happening. Um, going back to automated ad buying system, um, a lot of companies, or I shouldn't say a lot, but some companies are starting to kind of have their own system in-house and doing media buy um, um, themselves instead of um, having media agency doing that. And now with eye tracking technology, um, they're um, further, you know, like they have even more insight on how to tweak um, their advertising and media strategy. So the question then is, um, what will happen to ad agencies. Um, how will their role evolve um, now that their clients are becoming uh, more and more savvy? Um, yeah, well, uh, hopefully the, the good agencies are going to stay one or two or three steps ahead of the brands as far as their business. And when you look into the, um, the, the, the whole business itself, the education, um, the communication uh, of agencies and uh, the IAB um, and other uh, organizations are really making sure that the smart people, the smart companies are staying ahead of the of, – because technology is moving fast and you've got to stay ahead. There are companies that are moving in-house. There's no question. But the, 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 what you have to do that, 
you have to hire more people. And it's, you know, some companies want to do that, some companies don't. I think when it all comes down to it, if they can measure ROI and their, their agency is bringing them ROI, bringing them creative ads that work, and then the bottom line, uh, bring them um, sales and they're, it's, it's, they're hitting their goals, they'll stay with the agencies. I think the ones that are leaving are the ones that maybe uh, think that uh, they're not hitting their numbers and, um, and they're spending a lot of money. So the good agencies, I don't think, are going to go anywhere. Mm, that makes a lot of sense. Um, and there's no doubt that your company has a bright, bright future. Um, so I'm curious, what's your biggest opportunity for the next two years? What will be your main focus? Uh, you know, if you look at right now, Google knows what people search and browse for. And we believe that we will be the ones to know what people look at. And really scaling um, Sticky to analyze big data in real time and what users see, and you know, we're working on building a database of information knowledge about the top performing campaigns, the top placements on all the major sites. Going mobile opens up huge opportunities, and uh, this information is really critical as people spend more and more money on online with branding and also on mobile. And again, we, we look at ourselves, you have uh, Nielsen has the TV and Comscore has the uh, information online and we're going to have the information on scene. We're, we're going to be the, the metric, the currency for scene across all digital. Very exciting. Well, Jeff, it's been a pleasure talking with you. Thanks so much for being with us today. Thank you, Nancy. Have a great night. You too. I also want to thank the audience for tuning in today. And please follow me on Twitter at BizReInvention for up-to-date innovation news or visit BizReInvention.com for more information about our show. We'll be back next week, and I hope you can join us again. Take care and have a great week. We hope that you've enjoyed Business Reinvention with Nancy Lynn. Please join us for another edition of our groundbreaking program next Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. We hope you'll find the inspiration for change over the coming week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.